This is Malcolm Gladwell, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is writer and author Malcolm Gladwell. Throughout his career, Malcolm has written six popular books, including Talking to Strangers, David and Goliath, Outliers, Blink, and The Tipping Point. He was a staff writer at The New Yorker for many years and is now the host of the Revisionist History podcast. We learn more about Malcolm as he explores the themes from his new book, The Bomber Mafia, in this podcast episode. Welcome to Five Questions, Malcolm. Thank you. I'm delighted to be on. Even though you never set out to become a writer, what life experiences made you pursue this career path? You know, I always follow the path, not the path of least resistance, but the path of most fun. I kind of stumbled into writing. I just found it incredibly pleasurable and effortlessly fun. And I found that I looked forward waking up every morning to go to work. And so I thought, well, why would I ever do anything else then? That seems to me I've solved the problem. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. Like I'm excited to write and and podcast and conduct research studies every day. So I keep doing that as long as it makes money. A lot of writers never make any money. So then they have to maybe turn that into a hobby and do something else. And it's pretty complex in terms of what's working and what's not and what's paying you and what's not and and having that type of balance. Why were you so captivated by the story of the bomber mafia? And how do you decide what topics and stories to tell? I went to Tokyo a year and a half ago and stumbled across this little museum in East Tokyo which is the only museum dedicated to the firebombing of Tokyo by the U.S. Air Force in March of 1945. I just was so moved and upset and blown away. I wanted to sort of tell the story behind that on this one night in March of 1945, when the U.S. Air Force essentially burns a big chunk of Tokyo to the ground. 100,000 people die. I just began digging into the history, and I told a little piece of the story in my podcast, Revisionist History. But then I realized when I was finished that I hadn't even scratched the surface and that there was a much richer story to tell. And that's how I ended up with the decision to write the book. There was just more of the story to tell. And I think the podcast, in a sense, was a preview, but it also made you curious in the topic and you wanted to expand on that topic. That's a really good way to also test Mm -hmm. ideas and just to learn and continue to investigate. Back in 2013, when I interviewed you for David and Goliath, your last book, you said, quote, you learn more from the difficult times than from the good times. How was the bomber mafia's failure a lasting contribution to society, even though it led to mass death? Yeah, so the bomber mafia are a group of airmen, pilots in the 1930s stationed at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama, who are trying to reform form war. They think that you can fight wars entirely from the air. And they also think that you ought to be able to drop bombs with such precision that you can bring your enemy to his knees without killing hundreds of thousands of civilians, without destroying cities, without having costly land battles, without doing any of the kind of extraordinary carnage that we saw in the First World War. So they have this dream. The dream doesn't work in the Second World War, but we have in the 60, 70 years since then come a lot closer to what the bomber mafia was talking about. We haven't had wars nearly as deadly as the First and Second World War. We've engaged in limited military conflicts Well, we are able to kind of target who we want to hit. Now, I'm not suggesting that resolves all the moral questions around the military escapades of the United States in the last 60, 70 years. But the bomber mafia said there should, there ought to be a way to pursue military objectives without killing hundreds of thousands of civilians. And we're certainly a lot closer to that today than we were in the Second World War. Yeah. And and speaking about ethics, one of the themes you explore in the book is the collision between morality and technology. How can we promote more humane 
projects while preventing unethical ones from harming us? Well, you have to ask the question. I mean, the, thing, the reason I love the, the Bauer Mafia so much is there are a group of people who are engineers, pilots. They're the kinds of people who would be working in Silicon Valley today. So they have that strong belief in technology. But at the same time, they have a very strong moral grounding. They believe that technology has to be used in accordance with ethical principles. They take their ethical obligations as seriously as they take their technological fascinations. That's rare. I can't find anyone in Silicon Valley who have that same nuanced approach to technology, who really do seriously ask the question, is this technology going to be used in a way that advances human welfare. That was the only reason that Bauer Mafia were pursuing this dream of a new kind of war. It wasn't because they thought it was cool or they were going to make money. It was because they thought it would save lives. That's the lesson of the book, that we need people in those positions. Yeah. And what's really interesting is a lot of these companies, the Silicon Valley ones that you name, they might start off with good intentions, but then be laid astray by monetization and infiltration of the various parties. And as we all see, like, you know, there's always these court hearings with Zuckerberg and all of these big Silicon Valley players and Bezos stepped down from being the CEO of Amazon. And people say that that's because he didn't want to be the target of any legal issues moving forward as Amazon is over half of e-commerce. So I think that we need to be smarter about what we do and what we build. And hopefully your book can resonate and mm -hmm. make people do the right thing. And what's your best piece of career advice? Well, you know, this is a piece of advice I borrowed from my friend. And he says, always have a project. And what he means is don't let your job dictate 100% of what you do. Always have something that you're pursuing for your own reasons that satisfies you in a different way that you're the boss of, that you have control over. If your job doesn't allow for that, then you need to go off and do something on the side. You're often a better judge of what is the best and most productive use of your time than your manager or superior. I love that advice and it resonates with me because I had a full-time job and I was moonlighting, I was doing passion projects. And then that led to a promotion at my full-time job, which then led to my career to date. And I think that that's part of the reason why we're seeing the rise in side hustles or side gigs is because mm. people aren't able to fully maximize their passions and pursuits at work. So they get home and on nights and weekends, they do exactly what you're saying. They're like, I want to do a project that I enjoy, whether I get paid $50 for it or thousands of dollars for it. And whether they can turn that into a full-time job or not, it's about the purpose of you doing it was to do something that you really wanted to do. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Malcolm. To follow his journey, you can read The Bomber Mafia and find him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where he shares live appearances, life experiences, podcast episodes, and conversations. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes.